Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. You're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, where I, Giles Bitter, speak to musicians and comedians about the jobs they've done prior to and alongside doing their art. This week, we've got Sally, who is a touring musician, uh, she's playing bass with Gurr quite often at the moment. And with that, she's going around Europe quite a lot. They were in the UK just before Christmas. And I thought it was interesting to hear about the life of a touring musician who is brought on board for touring purposes. We talk about the things that she got up to as a teenager, what she did with her friends, the organisations they started uh, in Germany, the collective projects that she's worked on throughout her life. And it was great to chat to her. So here's Sally. Thanks for listening, as always. Signature Brew is the official beer of 101 part-time jobs. I'm sure you meet people all the time who are like, 
oh, I wish I could do what you do. Yeah, they do. It's it, And I never expected to be in the place I am now. It just happened. Yeah. So it was, it's like an accident, but something that, uh, I don't know, I've played music all my life, so it's not really an accident, but it's a lot of luck and just, yeah. Right just time, going right place. For stuff. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. When did you start playing music then? Oh, I feel like I've always played music and I always sang. Yeah, so. musical family. Yeah, but not in the like none of nobody in my family is a professional musician, and yeah. I never wanted to be a professional musician. I never thought I could. I would never have gone to art school or music school yeah. or anything like that. I went to university and studied sociology and did a master's degree. Did you enjoy it? I did. I loved it. Yeah, Sick. and it was my life. And then I started a PhD program and um, dropped out. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty rebel. Not really. It just <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. yeah. Did it, did you drop out because of music stuff? No, it was more because I didn't want to work in that work environment in oh. German university anymore. It was um, I didn't like the culture of it so much. Yeah. And I thought I can always go back to academic things. Although my professor at the time told me I will not be able to go back because that's what they say. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so actually I have, I've, I've gone full circle and now I work for my ex-colleagues at university and I do, okay. that's my side thing at the moment, I do translations for them for their, oh, cool. their essays and their books. Sure. I help them with their English stuff. Yeah. And how, how often is that? Well, it's, uh, it's always projects, so hmm. sometimes I even do it when I'm on tour. So they'll send you an audio file? You translate it? Yeah, or they send me an article and I like do the lecture for them. And, yeah, there's loads of funny stories about that as well. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. like what? Yeah, well, translating German to English, I mean, I'm not a professional translator and I have to look up a lot as well, And just, but I try to make it sound right. And academic English is so different to, to spoken English. Got you. I so mean, it's a completely different lot, language sometimes, right? Yeah, it's... I mean, it's it's closer than in German, but I feel like I, I, I can do that better than speak with you now. Yeah. Yeah, because my English, because I grew up in Germany, so my English is, like, stuck. Well, one thing I thought, you know, when you, when you, when, you know, you're, you're hanging out here for a week, and when, when we met the other night, I was like, are you English? <laughs> yeah, half. <laughs> yeah. But not really, like, not culturally, because I, yeah. I, yeah, I grew up in Germany, so. What was your first job? As a teenager. Yeah, so I grew up in a tiny village in Western Germany and uh, with 700 people. And so there weren't many jobs around. So my first jobs were babysitting and like helping younger kids with their schoolwork. Yeah. And my, my best babysitting job or, or like weirdest babysitting job in the village was this family who, um, they had two kids and then they decide they want one more, and um, they lived around the corner. Yeah. And then turned out they they uh, had triplets, so then they had five kids. So they needed someone to help them with the kids. Yeah. So they asked my friend and me. We were about fifteen um, to babysit the triplets, and they were tiny. They were babies. So that was our job, and they gave us something like I don't know, five euros an hour or something. But it was great. And um, yeah, wow. I mean, twins. A loads of work, but triplets, 
it's just crazy. Yeah, I can't imagine. You're trying to look, make sure they're not all falling on their soft heads and yeah. doing themselves brain damage. <laughs> or changing three nappies. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then one starts crying, then the others start crying. It's... <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. Brilliant. And they were super sweet. And then, uh, yeah, while the, the babies were really small, the dad built a, a new house on a plot next to their old house, and it was really big, yeah, a house for five kids and, and a huge family, and they didn't have much money, but he kind of made it work. And they were just about to move into that huge house, and then the wife had an affair <laughs> with the farmer in our village. Classic. I don't know, he's so weird. I don't know how that happened. But it was, <laughs> I don't know, it must have been love. And then she just moved over to his place. Down the road. Down the road. Or across the road. <laughs> yeah, with loads of cows and just a tiny house and brought all of her five children. And, yeah, I carried on babysitting for them in that house. So the kids stayed with the, with you and the... The kids stayed with the mum. Okay. Yeah. And the dad was alone in the huge house. It was wow. so sad. Yeah. So you went with the triplets and the other kids, yeah. shitting everywhere, yeah. Sally in the chocolate factory. <laughs> yeah, it was it was wild. That's mad. So how long did you do that for in the end? A couple of years, yeah. 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 And then, yeah, then I moved away from university. Where was that? Where um, was uni? In Mainz. Okay. It's near Frankfurt. Sure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I had a couple of shit jobs there. I worked for a really famous British cosmetics firm. Oh, yeah? Who, that, who's that? You can name and shame on her. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to name and shame. Okay, I worked for Lush, and they're... Okay. They're, they don't pay very well. It's interesting, because yeah. they, they, they do project virtue. They do. Yeah, it's really, really difficult. I mean, I liked working there. It was only for a couple of months, because then I got offered a job at university. Nice. So, yeah, I started working for my professors yeah and I did that for a couple of years cool yeah and that was do you enjoy that yeah I did yeah it's I was really immersed in the university world at that time I well I sometimes think when I was at uni there were so many people working there you know whether they were just working behind the desks or whether they were helping us like advisors and all this kinds of stuff it makes you realize how like that is a world <clears throat> you don't have to leave yeah. that world yeah you know what I mean and in, in my experience anyway you know you know, a job is just a job. Yeah, that's know? not how they feel about it. Absolutely. No. It's like 24 hours around the clock. But yeah. that's the kind of thing that I like about it because it is kind of, you know, you believe in something. You believe in education and that is yeah. important. You do, but it's tough. I mean, I was I was in a collective organising punk shows at the same time and my colleagues at university, they didn't get that. And they did actually criticise that because I spent so much time in the punk scene and doing just doing my thing and going to shows and putting on shows. And and they thought it was, like, my boss told me that um, he thinks that it's it's distracting and everything. You'd kind of think that if you're doing anything to do with sociology, that that's yeah. a huge, you know, yeah. section of society. You, know? you would. I don't know. And that was, yeah, that was a time, like, all my university years. I actually, I started, um, yeah, one of my jobs as a teenager was also my best friends and my sister and me. We had an a cappella group. Sick. And we sang Beatles songs in Great. harmonies. Fuck yeah. And we sang at like exhibition openings and birthdays and got a bit of money That's for it. where the money's at. Yeah. Our so friends that... that play in wedding bands or play at oh, parties. God. 
I really want to have a wedding band. Yeah, <laughs> there's money there. Yeah, there is, and it's fun, and everybody gets drunk, and everybody's yeah. happy. Absolutely. Yeah, I really want a wedding Going to band. work, every day at work's a party. Yeah. But I suppose those that work just mostly comes in the summer. <laughs> yeah, it's and a seasonal weekends. thing, right? Yeah. Maybe you need one for, um, what, funerals, a funeral band, because people it. die all the time. You should but... get, yeah, AFI and Alkaline Trio. <laughs> yeah. that, maybe, that, maybe that's where they're missing a the trick. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> Was there ever a point where you were like, with Gurr, you were sort of on the road so much and um, the stability was there where you could, where you were like, oh, wow, okay, this is a day where like yesterday I had to have a, a bit more of a real job and tomorrow onwards I don't have to. Yeah, it was slow. The process was slow. I mean, I met them and, and just started playing with them. They were looking for a bass player and uh, I used to play the bass when I was... Yeah, I started when I was 15, but then I stopped in that university time in my life. I just, I didn't play the bass for about 10 years, except for, I played the guitar at home, but I didn't play in any bands. Yeah. And then um, I kept on singing a bit, like, with with some bands singing in pubs, but, um, yeah, generally I didn't play the bass. And then when that came up, I just started, I just had a, a band in Berlin, I was playing the bass again, and then they asked, and I really liked them. Mm. So, um, Great band. yeah, I hadn't seen them. I'd seen them live once, I think. Yeah. Had you seen um, the, the the old band, the singer's old band, No Fun? No, I never saw No Fun. They were yeah, great. I, we played with I them mean, in I've, I've seen Nuremberg. Videos. Yeah, yeah, they were fucking sick. Band. Yeah. yeah, they were cool. Yeah, but then, um, yeah, they my sister put on a show with them, and then they talked, and they mentioned that they were looking for a bass player. So, and that was a a punk show when they were still playing really small shows so she said yeah my sister plays the bass and she lives in Berlin so great they hooked us up and then we met and rehearsed and it clicked and then so we started and it was not we it was never talked about that that anyone would make money with this yeah. I mean I don't know if they had the plan but yeah I I wasn't aware of it so we were just playing and then it the album that they put out shortly after I joined as a live member, they um, it went it went so well. Really? Everyone loves it. So did you um, did you have that thing that people you know talk about like you know you're watching this thing explode in front of you slow motion? Yeah, I mean people always imagine it to be so much bigger when they're on the outside. I mean nobody's really making money with music anyway. So I mean people always think that that you get rich, but nobody's actually earning money. Yeah, even and if I suppose well. when you do earn money, it's later on with royalties or yeah, fees that come through. And or I don't know if you're a big touring band with touring and merch and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. Not many bands earn money. Yeah. yeah, but then I mean it, it evolved, and after I think maybe half a year or a year, it, I did like think to myself, and we talked about it that. Yeah, yeah, we are making, they, they started paying us a bit, so, and yeah, that's, yeah, it's kind of stabilised in that yeah. area, so I, I can't, like, pay all my bills with music, but, um, yeah, but my mindset has changed, so I'm now, like, I see myself, not as a professional musician, but I see it as my main occupation. I, I think it's funny, because I, like, from where I'm coming from, you know, to be in like a touring band is such a thing that you, you know, want to try and do and it ends up being a, like a hobby yeah. more than anything. But, you know, you go on tour a few times and realise how easy it is, in fact, to lose money <laughs> yeah. and to lose your home life <laughs> and to yeah. lose your fucking brain all yeah. at the same time. 
I mean, it's wonderful. I still love every every show, and I love playing live, and I I like everything around it. But it's yeah, you don't realize how much work it is, and yeah, and being away from home for six months, they have six weeks. I mean, people do it for six months, but for us, it was like the longest were six weeks or something. It's yeah, it's weird. Yeah, you don't see your friends. You don't. Yeah, you don't have a normal life. I mean, tour life is so different. You know. Yeah. That, yeah. When you get home, how do you? Um... How do you, do you go back straight into your sort of part-time work? Uh, well, I'm really lucky now with my whole my whole situation because uh, friends of mine or my a friend group, we uh, started a a bar and a cafe oh, cool. in Neukölln a couple of years ago. What's and it called? It's Where called is it? Tennis. <laughs> it's in Reuterstraße, but yeah, it might be closing soon. So yeah, whatever. But come there while you Good can. Good fun while it lasted. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, we wanted to put on shows in the basement and we started that and then we had problems with the neighbours, so sure. it turned out to be just a bar. How hard was that to set up in terms of alcohol licensing and late Tough. night licensing? Yeah, it's Germany. Okay. Yeah, and no, nobody had any money, so we did everything ourselves. It was a big DIY project. Yeah. But yeah, so now when, I, when I'm in Berlin, I can work there like once a week cool. or I can DJ there and it's, it's, yeah. it's perfect, it's... Yeah. yeah, I'm really flexible. And then I do this translation work from time to time, and I can do that from anywhere. So, yeah, I've got a great life. I've been working all day, coming right on the side, running around. 